I'm going to share um, possibly my favourite verse in all of Scripture with you tonight. Um, this is a message that's been on my heart for a long time, a long, long, long time. And um, if you're tech savvy and you've got your phones with you, you can actually follow this message in the Uversion app if you go to events. And um, it's in the event notes under Door of Hope, we're Door of Hope. It's 5pm, my name's Joel Ratcliffe, you can see my name in there and follow it. If you can't find it, look to someone around you who might know where that is, just in case you want to follow it. So this is the verse. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. Now I'm going to show you this same passage from a different angle, uh, from the message paraphrase. And I love this particular paraphrase because it just kind of, um, I, I kind of get it. Um, and it says this. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'm going to show you how to take a real rest. So walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy on you or ill-fitting. Keep company with me and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. Don't you love that? Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Uh, we're in the middle of a series um, in the Undone service called Even in the Winter. Uh, and well before that sermon series name came about, this sermon was in my heart. I, th I think it fits really well in this space. Because I want to tell you, in the winter, or even in the winter of Tasmania, even in the winter, the cold and dark places of your life, you can find rest. Yeah. Real rest. So are you tired? Are you worn out? Weary or burdened? Now, is Jesus talking about the kind of tired that we all get? The kind of tired that comes from sitting up till 12.30 last night watching the cricket? Um, or that comes from a big day or from a big weekend where a nana nap or a good sleep or a quiet weekend away can fix it. I think the kind of tired that Jesus is actually talking about is a deep kind of tired. It's a soul tired, maybe. It's the kind of tired that actually stays with you. And you can nod if, this is, if you're starting to appreciate this or you... Uh, relate to this stuff. It's the kind of tide where life is constantly hard. The kind of tide where it is impossible to get to sleep and it's hard to get out of bed. So where does this tide come from? Where does this kind of tide come from? I think it comes from struggles. I think it comes with the, the struggles of, a different, uh, of difficult relationships or difficult home situations, because you're having the same arguments all the time, or because you have no money or you don't have work, or schoolwork is a struggle, or ministry is a struggle, or you're in a bad work situation, 
Maybe you're struggling with sin. Maybe you're struggling with ill health or just with life as a whole. Are you tired because life is full of unmet expectations? Maybe you're just tired of being unemployed or tired of being single or you're tired of being in a difficult or toxic work situation or you're tired of that difficult home situation or school situation. You're tired of friends not treating you well. Or maybe you're just tired of not having friends. Do you have health issues? Have you had a string of bad relationships? Are the children not behaving as they should? Maybe life as a whole is just not what you expected. Maybe you're tired because you're just constantly having to strive. Um, to strive to feel good about yourself. To strive to make amends for the mistakes that you've made. Maybe you're striving just to get accepted or to feel accepted or to feel approval or to feel love. You're just striving and striving and striving and it's tiring. See, my experience... I, I think this is my experience. My, part of my story is this experience of being tired, worn out and burnt out. Um, when I reflect on my life, I think I've spent a lot of my late teenage to adult years in this tired, worn out and burnt out space. A lot of my life I've spent in this space. You see, uh, I've actually lived most of my life with depression. And life with depression is hard. It's a constant battle to feel good inside. Or even, uh, even just to survive. When it's been at, at its worst, this, uh, this depression feeling feels like I'm trying to tread water in, in a strong rip. And my head just keeps going underwater and it keeps going underwater and I'm fighting to survive. That's what it feels like at its worst. And, it, and it's exhausting. I'm good now, so you can feel good. Uh, thanks be to God, only, only because of God. And I've actually survived 100% of those bad days, 100%. Oh, that's, that's my success rate. Thank you, God. Um, although every now and then that depression just raises its ugly head, just for a short time, and it's usually when I'm worn out, tired and burned out. So I also grew up striving to feel good about myself, to feel significant, to feel accepted, and it was exhausting. See, as a young fella, I wasn't the impressive human being that I am now. I know, it's hard to believe. Um, I wasn't the most popular kid. I was actually average academically. I had no, uh, no natural sporting, musical or artistic talent. I was actually regularly last in athletic events. I don't think I ever did better than second last in a running race in my entire school life. And I was regularly one of those last picked in sporting teams. I was of average height and very skinny uh, for a lot of my until I was about 26, actually. Um, and I was picked on for those things. 
I was bullied at school because I was average. And I felt average. I felt average for so much of my life. So I spent most of my younger years, even through my younger adult years, striving to be more than average. Striving to be accepted. Striving to be popular. I had to try extra hard to be good at things. I tried every sport, every sport, and, and I tried really hard. I just didn't have any natural ability. I volunteered for everything. I said yes to every request. I attended every church event possible. I did every kind of ministry. I strived and I strived and I strived. It was so tiring. And upon reflection, uh, undiagnosed, untreated depression probably had a lot to do with that stuff. But I was constantly tired, worn out, burned out. So I want to ask you a question tonight. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Because there's an answer. There is real rest available. So the way I see it, that people, the way I see it is that people in this boat, the people that are tired, the people that are weary, the worn out, the burden, uh, whatever you want to call it, are constantly carrying around these burdens or struggles by themselves and never putting them down. And it looks like this. Oh, strike. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, this is my load. Uh, first thing in the morning, we, uh, we're laying in bed. We get up and we pick up our load. It might have a name on it that looks like this. It might be sickness. It might be family issues. It might be work or school problems. It might be relationship or money problems. We pick it up as soon as we get out of bed. And we, don't often, we often don't want to get out of bed because the burden's so heavy, we want to stay there. So we carry it through to breakfast. As we ponder how we're going to manage our day. We hold on to it as we have that extra long shower, as thoughts of the load weigh on us as we think about our day. We carry it on the journey to work, and the load gets a little bit heavier because the traffic is worse than normal, and we're running late. We turn up at school, we turn up at work, and things aren't working as they should. Things aren't as we expected them to be, and the load gets a little bit heavy again. So we have all these kinds of people interactions throughout the day, frustrating people, angry people, inconsiderate people, and they're just the people that we know and love. And then we add strangers as well and the load gets a little bit heavier again. So we get home, or we go home, we get home and we encounter those constant frustrating interactions with our family. Maybe it's the cranky parents, maybe it's the moody children, maybe it's the annoying siblings, and the load gets a little bit heavier again. Sometimes it doesn't even end when we get to bed. We take the load to bed with us and we lie there for hours trying and trying to get to sleep. And even that is a chore. 
and the struggle goes on and on and on, and we wonder why we're tired, worn out, and burnt out. Let's let that go. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. How would you like to find a real rest? Who'd like to have a real rest, anyone? I'd love to have a real rest. What does a real rest look like? I think the 23rd Psalm probably paints, well, the 23rd Psalm paints a really good picture of what this is like. Listen to these words. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside quiet waters, he refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. That's my picture of rest. So when you consider this particular passage, what do you see in this picture? What do you see in this picture of rest? This is what I see. The Lord is my shepherd. See, a shepherd looks after everything. He has everything in control. He cares for us. He protects us. Isn't it so much easier to rest when someone else is looking after everything? Um, God's got it all under control. What about lacking nothing? What does that feel like? Lacking nothing. It means that we're fulfilled, that we can be satisfied. That's the kind of rest that God offers. What about the green pastures and the quiet waters? Such imagery. Can you see the... How about that? Can you see the green pastures? What is it like? What does that feel like? What do the green pastures and the quiet waters feel like? I think it's peaceful. I think it's quiet. I think it's lovely. I think it's calm. It feels like one of those Bonnie Doon moments, I think. Ah, the serenity. Um, That was supposed to be a lot funnier than what it was. Um, (laughs) Ah, the serenity. Um, I love that image. Uh, The green pastures, the quiet waters. Next, Next bit, he refreshes my soul. What does that feel like? He refreshes my soul. Uh, It means relief. It means restoration. It means being recovered. It means recreated. It means rested. Uh, And I want to tell you that although I've lived in depression, I've lived in that striving, tired, worn-out space, the other part of my story is that God restored my soul. Um, I have experienced this over and over and over again. God restored my soul. He refreshed my soul, and he wants to do the same for you. It says, he guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. How would you like to be on the right track, in the right place? Do you know what it's like to be on the wrong path, doing the wrong thing? in the wrong place. 
It's not restful at all to be in those places. To be in the wrong place is not restful at all. However, on the other hand, do you know what it's like to be in the right place? What does that feel like? What does it feel like to be in the right place? It feels safe. It feels like home. It feels maybe at peace. Well, the word says that Jesus guides us along the right paths. See, wouldn't you like to feel real rest like that? Don't you want to feel real rest like that? Cared for, protected, fulfilled, at peace, refreshed, restored, in the right place? Don't you want to feel real rest like that? So the word says, so come to him, get away with him and you'll recover your life. He'll show you how to take a real rest. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. What on earth is a yoke? What on earth is a yoke? And I don't mean the yoke of an egg. Uh, In case you didn't know, I've got a definition here. It goes like this. A yoke is a wooden beam normally used between a pair of oxen or other animals to enable them to pull together on a load and working in pairs as oxen usually do. That's Wikipedia. Now, at this juncture, I'd love to be able to say that a relationship with Jesus means that there'll be no more troubles, no more struggles, no more burdens. I'd love to say that. But life doesn't work like that. The struggles don't stop. Sometimes we actually need the struggles to help us to grow. Maybe we need the struggles even uh, to point us towards God. But what I can tell you with authority is that we never, ever have to carry these burdens alone, ever, ever. We don't have to ever carry these alone because he's promised to carry them with us. So I'm going to show you a couple of pictures. This is a yoke that we actually often carry around ourselves. It actually means that we pull our load on our own. And sometimes what makes the, the, the load actually harder or the yoke harder is that it's heavy and ill-fitting, as Jesus alluded to in the verse. Now imagine what it would be like to carry a, lo- a yoke like that that was heavy and ill-fitting. Is it uncomfortable? Is it painful? Are you carrying around your load that is heavy and ill-fitting? Is that your situation? Now let's look at this second picture. This is the the yoke that Jesus actually offers us. I call it the Jesus yoke. How about that? Patent pending. Um, It's clever, isn't it? The Jesus yoke. Um, What makes this yoke special is that we no longer have to pull our load alone. We no longer have to do it alone. Um, And what's even better is that our yoke buddy is Jesus himself. He's on the other side. He's walking, carrying this load with us. Jesus, the creator, the sustainer of the universe, the son of God, the king of kings, is our yoke buddy. We get to do it with him. I'm going to tell you something about these double yokes, is that two animals yoked together can actually pull more than double the weight that one can. I read that two draft horses can actually pull three times as much as one horse. So 
The two draft horses can each pull 8,000 pounds alone, can actually pull 24,000 pounds working together, three times as much. Now I want you to insert yourself into that picture. Insert us and our burdens with the Jesus yoke and the Lord Almighty as our yoke buddy. How much easier is life going to be? How much more will we be able to bear with this yoke? So he actually offers it to us. Take my yoke. How good is that? Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. I love that Jesus actually invites us to walk and work with him. Um, to do life with him and watch how he does it. Uh, he's actually inviting us all into that relationship. Do all of life with me. Uh, walk with me, work with me. Every part of your life, I want to walk with you, Jesus says. So when we enter this relationship with Jesus, he becomes our master, our director, a teacher, a friend. Uh, the ultimate life coach is Jesus. Not only does he want to do life right there with us, he provides us with the perfect example of how to do life. So Jesus says to us, watch how I do it. Watch how I do it. So let me tell you how I see that Jesus did life. So this is what you need to see. Watch how he did it. Um, we see Jesus doing the resting thing. We see Jesus saying no to things and not yet to things. But I want to focus on a couple of other aspects of, or key aspects of his life that you can take on board tonight. And these are prominent in his life. These are the things that I want you to see. Jesus' number one thing, his number one thing was his relationship with the Father. We see it regularly throughout the Gospels. Um, he said, um, we read, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Also it says, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. It was all about his relationship with the Father. His life was also about doing God's will. Uh, we see it reflected in these statements. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me, Jesus said. He also said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. So, God, uh, so Jesus was all about his relationship with God and doing his will and fulfilling his purpose. We also see prominent in Jesus' life was that he lived a life of service to others. Jesus' life was all about other people, all about other people. He interacted deeply with people. He wasn't put off by, but welcomed the interruptions of people because they were people that mattered to God. He welcomed the children. He was accused of being a friend of sinners and outcasts. He lived a totally selfless life and died a completely selfless death, just for us. Jesus said, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus' life was all about others. The other thing I wanted to point out was that Jesus operated within the context 
of a close group of friends who did life together for the entirety of his ministry. Almost the whole story that we read about Jesus in the Gospels is, uh, has Jesus actually surrounded by a community of followers in various sizes. So he had the three, he had the 12, he had the 72, he had the 120. Um, But it was the 12 that we most hear about. They did life together. They travelled together, they ate together, they learned together, they went to parties together, they did ministry together, they went through the good times and the bad times together. Are you tired, worn out, burned out in religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Um, For some reason, I'm just captivated by this concept of the unforced rhythms of grace. It sounds all kinds of awesome, the unforced rhythms of grace. Now, I don't exactly know what it's all about, but whatever it is, I want it. I want to learn it. What are the unforced rhythms of grace? Why is it so appealing, this idea? I think it's because they're unforced. Um, We don't have to struggle on our own. We don't have to keep striving. We can actually learn it. We don't have to earn it. It's freely given. The unforced rhythms of grace. And the verse goes on to say, I won't lay anything heavy on you or ill-fitting. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So whatever the unforced rhythms of grace are, they lead to a life that is freer and lighter. And I actually want that. I want it. I want a life that is freer and lighter. To you? To you? But here's the key. Hang on a moment. We'll just wait for a moment. We'll get to the good bit in a moment. Um, Here's the key. Uh, This life that is free and lighter happens in the context of a relationship with Jesus. And that is freely given. It happens in the context of a relationship with Jesus. So what is a rhythm? Is it just a musical thing? Um, A rhythm is a repeated pattern or movement of... uh, It's a, a strong, regular, repeated pattern of movement or sound. That's what a a rhythm is. So I'm going to teach you the rhythm of grace as I see it. It goes like this. Jesus' main thing was his relationship with his Father. He was all about doing the will of his Father and living out his purpose. And he just demonstrated it so much in his life. The best pattern for our life is to put God first in our life. Um, In relationship with Him, doing His will and fulfilling His purpose for our lives. That's the best pattern for our life. In our context, we're going to call that Jesus-centred. We live that out daily, spending time with Him, such as the daily hope, 20 minutes in the chair, daily. Just as Jesus often went away to pray, we can follow that pattern. Can you hear the pattern? We can do it by walking and working with him. We can walk in his will and his purpose for our life. Can you hear the pattern? Jesus-centred. We have a choice as to how we live this life. We can choose to be self-focused 
which is about all about what we can get, what we can achieve, what makes us feel good, what others can do for us, and so on. But we'll never be fully satisfied in that space because we weren't made that way. We weren't made to be self-focused. The other choice is this, is that we can be others-focused, which is all about what we can give. It's about how we can serve others. It's about relationships. This is how Jesus lived, and it's how we were created, created to be. Can you hear the pattern? Jesus-centred, others-focused. We weren't meant to do life alone. Jesus demonstrated that. We were meant to do life together in community. The Bible teaches about a community of believers that loved, that cared for, that shared with, that encouraged one another. And they bared one another's burdens. The Bible teaches about a community that was devoted to one another. It teaches about a community that was dynamic and changed the world in Jesus' name. And we can actually do the same. We can do the same. We can live in that same kind of community, but we have to turn up and we have to keep turning up and keep turning up and we have to get intentional about connecting with people. The best expressions of this are the Sunday service and the connect group of which we've got plenty. There's plenty of connect groups in this church. In these groups, we can do life together at a different level. We can do the one another stuff, the love, care, share, bear one another's burdens. We can do that stuff. We can make a difference in our world in these communities, together in community. Can you hear the rhythm? Jesus-centred, others-focused, together in community. This is a rhythm for your life that is free and light. We're going to pray for two groups tonight. Two groups. The first group are those that are in this tired, worn out, burned out space. Is that you? Have you been carrying around the load? Whatever that load, have you been carrying around this for a while? I want to give you an opportunity tonight to actually give up that burden, to lay it down. I want to give you an opportunity to change yokes from that single one to the Jesus one. You've been carrying around that load for far too long on your own. I want to, I want to give you a chance to give it up. If this is you in any way, I'm going to pray for you now. Um, so I want us to stand. Let's all stand together. Just want to give you a chance to respond. Um, while we've got our heads bowed, our eyes closed, you might even like to put out your hands as a gesture of handing over or letting go of the burden. Have you been carrying around the load too long? Are you feeling tired, worn out, burnt out? Give it up. Give it up. Let me pray. Father God, I pray for those here who are tired, worn out, burned out, those who have been carrying around these burdens for some time. Lord, they're offering these burdens to do to you, to do whatever you will 
Father, give them that real rest. Restore their souls. Help them, Lord, to walk with you, to work with you. Teach them the unforced rhythms of grace and to live a life that is free and light in Jesus' name. We receive that now in the name of Jesus. While we're still in prayer, I'm going to pray for another group, a second group. And those are those who have not yet received Jesus as Lord and Saviour. You may have been around for a while. You've seen what goes on in church. You've seen what goes on with Christians. But you've never actually made a conscious decision to become a Christian. You may also be in this boat. You're tired, you're worn out, you're burdened. You've been carrying around those burdens for far too long on your own. And you weren't aware that there was an easier way. You weren't aware that there is real rest available. So I want to give you an opportunity tonight to receive Jesus, to respond to Him, because He's actually offering you real rest tonight. He wants you to, He wants to help you carry your burdens. He wants to walk with you. He wants to work with you. He wants, you, wants to show you a better way to live with the unforced rhythms of grace. Can you hear the rhythm? Jesus centered, others focused, together in community. If this is you tonight, if you need to make that decision to receive Jesus, to make him Lord and Savior of your life, I'm going to give you that opportunity now to respond. As we pray, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If this is you and you want to respond to Jesus, I'm just going to ask that you raise your hands where you are. If you want to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, you've never had that relationship before, you want to receive Jesus, you want to have him in your life as master, Lord, director, teacher, friend. He actually wants to walk with you. He wants to work with you. He wants to show you a better way to live. I'm going to pray a prayer now that I want you to follow along with me. Maybe we can all just pray this together. Just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I come to you now. I've been living life my own way until now. But I want to walk and work with you and learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Thank you for dying for me. I want you to forgive my sins. I want you to be Lord and Saviour of my life. I receive you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand. If that was you, I can say with full certainty that you are saved, that you are part of God's family, that you are a child of God, um, because whoever calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. Um, can you hear the rhythm? Jesus centered, others focused together in community. Um, this is the kind of church that we want to be. This is the kind of life where there are unforced rhythms of grace. As the, as the service finishes tonight, our prayer team is going to be out the front. If you want prayer for anything, including the stuff that I've talked about tonight, um, don't go away without prayer. So the, the prayer team is going to come forward now. And even if you just want to talk about anything that's come up tonight, or I'd love to talk to you about that stuff. They'd love to talk to you about that. Thank you.